Hello. As many in Europe head to the beach to relax, the world keeps chucking worrying developments at us. Bond markets have been behaving strangely. China's data is underwhelming to say the least, and many other economies continue to suffer from COVID's economic toll. And yet, Fidelity's core asset allocation remains risk-on. To find out why, I'm speaking to Fidelity's chief investment officer, Andrew McCaffrey. Well, hello, Andrew. Um, let's start with Fidelity's core asset allocation, where it is at the moment. Have there been any changes? Nothing significant at this stage, uh, Richard, that um, still a bias to be uh, slightly risk on, um, reflected through uh, being slightly overweight in equities. A little bit of movement there. There's been a profile. We've seen some of the success of campaigns around Europe to uh, uh, roll out vaccinations, to open up the economies a little bit more that um, feel that there's a bit more momentum around uh, uh, both the, the earnings profile that will come from that and certain sectors, but also the broader economic um, uh, front being encouraging. But you know, generally just maintaining that uh, equities um, overweight position, but starting to just take back some of the, the duration as well. So going uh, uh, slightly more underweight there to, to fund some of the, the risk profile. But overall, not dramatic change. Risk on, your um, that, that sounds like a, a glass half full position. If I take the glass half empty position, there's an awful lot going on in the world. COVID is far from over. In fact, we're seeing things go backwards in a lot of countries where there had been a recovery. Um, we've got disruption from weather disasters um, in many places around the world, in Europe as we we record this and we've had um, problems in North America as well. Why the glass half full view? So I think the, the key thing is still the sort of dynamics as we move to a how do we cope with and um, open up uh, you know, economies as the vaccination rollout has occurred, but also that an element that the stimulus does continue. Um, and that although we've seen uh, you know, some of the concerns around uh, inflation, especially that the interesting part about that is that it's still very much perceived to be transitory in nature. So the markets are looking through the current data and looking in some ways, interestingly enough, um, you know, towards whether uh, actually that there's enough stored up from the consumption side as well that will be released as we uh, go through slightly greater opening of economies and also more of the sort of global activity uh, shows. And, and on that, it's interesting to see that China having very strong export numbers, um, you know, again, only in the last few days that, you know, just showing that there is still that sort of demand that could could flow through and that will keep the general environment of, of earnings um, running and that policy will stay very accommodative. So demand in the West, but you've mentioned China, um, despite the export numbers, actually, there are there are signals that the economy there might be slowing and might be slowing appreciably. Is, is that a concern? Um, so I think it is an important consideration. We saw... Uh, you know, the uh, reserve ratio um, uh, rates uh, cut uh, only uh, in the course of the last week. And that, I think, was uh, a part of just trying to, again, balance out the, the profile of what they're seeing happening um, there. So, i.e., that you know, there has been a very significant um, level of uh, you know, decrease in um, you know, broader parts of the, the activity, but coming from high levels. Um, so I think that what we're seeing there as well is something that's not just an economic-based and a monetary-based um, policy profile. It's actually a political-based um, framework where they really want to have deleveraging to continue um, you know, through the economy 
And, and really that all comes back to the sense that this is term autarky that is being used and is very regularly used in China, but really it's about domestic resilience. And, and I think that this is not a short-term consideration. This is about the medium, long-term and uh, you know, policy settings where what they're looking to do is that, again, that the economy, you know, trying to make sure that it can continue to um, have uh, you know, levels of um, sustainable growth, but really sort of look to build that resilience into the domestic economy, be able to manage levels of consumption activity that uh, very much remove some of the shocks. And I think this is an interesting when we look back to the financial crisis. China felt the impact of something that was really you know, not on their shores uh, and yet had to do massive stimulus at that time. I think that was quite a lesson in what we've seen since and what they're doing now to try and make sure that they're not as exposed um, and that they can lower their own levels of leverage and, um, uh, and risk within the Chinese economy, but also the influence from uh, around it as well. And do you think they'll be successful in that policy? So I think it has you know, uh, a number of uh, risks uh, attached to it because it's that ability to move from what has been a great deal of um, export-driven um, growth and, uh, and stimulus uh, for activity in, in China, something that is much more um, you know, contained within the shores and within you know, support from shorter supply lines and you know, making sure that that sort of Asian context um, that we saw from the massive trade deal in 2019 provides the opportunity to, to do that. But to answer your question directly... I think that uh, the chances of them doing it are reasonably high because they can think in this longer term policy setting profile. They also, when we add in the sustainable climate change um, considerations, I think that you know their focus and ability to be able to deliver on that have a number of aspects that are more positive than when you look to other places in the world. So as we stand today, I'm, I'm slightly in the camp of not without challenges, certainly with some bumps along the way, but I think they could um, well be successful through time. Sounds like another glass half full moment. You're uh, uh, obviously in a good mood today, Andrew. Uh, it's 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 almost shocking, isn't it, for me? The uh, <laughs> the, the sort of you know the underlying elements of um, be careful of the uh, the potential doom that I've managed to leave to one side for today. Absolutely. I, I want to talk about one other aspect of markets: um, the bond markets, which are performing in a rather odd way and have been for for some time. Apparently, ignoring um, inflation and the threats of inflation and yields um, have have been falling. What do they? Know? know that I don't. Well, I think there's a there's a few things at play here. I mean, I think the first driver for when we started to see yields um, coming off was uh, really from a, a position where we'd seen maybe a cap to, to growth, but also we saw that Fed position discussion changing. And, and not to forget that, that you know, looking at taking away some of the sort of uh, front end of the, uh, the yield curve support by saying that there could be rate increases uh, coming um, down the line meant that the, the yield curve moved, but also you had a lot of exposure embedded into both the yield curve bets, i.e. lots of people short of the longer end of the curve versus the front end, and also the sense that actually they will put a cap on this, i.e. A, a bigger belief in the transitory nature of the inflationary um, pressures. But I also think there's another part, which was that many reading that with the uh, the sort of you know, Fed discussion and the rhetoric um, that we were seeing there, and so some sense that it, you know it was a concern they would manage. There's also the the sense that the inflationary 
uh, pressures are more of a tax on income and on some parts of the um, economy and society than being um, you know something that would create a uh, you know an ongoing dynamic again. So that transitory nature met a well actually this could be a tax in impact onto economic activity as well, and that I think helping to fuel some of that ongoing um, support. That's a really interesting idea, Angie. Can I just ask you to explain it one more time? It's a it's a tax on activity rather than a drag. Why, what's the distinction? Yeah, so I think um, really what it comes down to, that what you've seen is that some, where, where have those pressures emanated? So they've been into the prices for gasoline, they've come into the price for food, into some of the you know, heating bills, elements that impact into and across um, the breadth of society, some of the natural, you know, sort of uh, everyday goods as well that seen price increases. So it's the fact it's a tax on income rather than actually being something that all of a sudden seeing this sort of embedding that, you know, chase for goods and prices to, to go up and the incomes go up with it. So there's a, there's a bet in there that this will not create a self-sustaining profile and it's transitory. But it's also impacting growth by saying that income has to go to pay for that rather than going into discretionary spend and, and further activity into the economy. Interesting. We'll see how it pans out. That's all the time we've got now, I'm afraid, Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to read more about any of the topics I've been quizzing Andrew um, about today, please go to fidelityinternational.com and you can listen to more from our investment teams on both our Fidelity Answers and Rich Pickings podcast channels. The producer today was Seb Morton-Clark. From all of us at Fidelity, goodbye. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied on by private investors. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is intended only for the person or entities to which it is sent. It must not be reproduced or circulated to any other party without prior permission of fidelity. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. For other important legal notices, please see our website, professionals.fidelity.co.uk forward slash about hyphen fidelity.